Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. Boom, I'm in the room. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Everyday Conversations Regarding Mental Health. Coming to you live from the old Hill Manor. Your host here, Lord Hill. Um, because there's nothing on the telly, that's why you're here watching this. Now, I've got a great guest on today. We're going to be talking about recognising and then how to ask for help when you're having a little bit of a struggle. So that's what my guest is going to be talking about today. So we're going to explore that. Um, so it'll be recognising in yourself that you're not right and it's okay to not be okay. And when you're not okay, it's okay to ask for help. So you all know about this This, this programme. It's all about mental well-being, taking the stigma out of uh, mental health. Um, so without too much further ado, um, oh, don't forget, Tuesday, live awesome stream, live stream awesome quiz every Tuesday uh, over on the, the quiz channel. We have some fantastic quizzes. And all you got to do is have a bit of pen and a bit of paper, jot down your answers, and then put your scores in the chat box. And we'll see how you do up against others. We're testing your general uh, general knowledge. So, without too much further ado, I shall bring in my my guest. So, Eric. <laughs> Welcome to the Hill Manor. Tim, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Love the intro. It's probably one of my favorite intros in every podcast I've been on right there. A little welcome. I love that. Oh, brilliant. Thank you very much. I've been working at it. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it all goes wrong. Sometimes I forget to put my mic up. Oh. Yeah. But there you go. It, today's gone right. <laughs> so I've got it right yeah. so far. So, Eric, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm in the United States. I'm in Massachusetts. Growing up, I was one of four boys, and my parents, they did everything they could to just see and put me and my brothers in the best position to succeed, to become happy. I had a younger brother, Brendan, who really struggled growing up with anxiety, social anxiety, to be exact, really nervous, concerned about what people would think about him, what they would say, how they would react if he did certain things. And this really just put him on eggshells every single day. And it got to the point where his social anxiety just took his life over and started thinking to himself, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to go through this anymore. And not knowing how to deal with what he's going through in a healthy way, not knowing that he has people around him to approach that would help him get through what he was going through. Because as Tim mentioned at the beginning in his intro, the stigma right? Something we really need to get away from, the stigma of struggling with mental health. 
he, he, he had that, that stigma of, well, I don't want people to judge me. I don't want them to look down on me. I don't want to get in trouble. So he started taking matters into his own hands to try to deal with what he was going through. He starts drinking and get drunk, thinking this is what's going to help him get through what he's going through. And then he starts smoking weed, thinking this is what's going to help calm him down, relax and make everything better. And realizing that's not working, he starts messing around with Percocets, Oxycontin, Xanax. And then eventually Brennan starts shooting heroin for 12 years. And eventually, not too long ago, he died from a drug overdose. So Brendan self-medicated because he didn't believe, he didn't think he had people around him who would help him. And he was just so nervous, so concerned, afraid of what would happen if he did speak up, if he did ask for help. And so for me, I've made it my life's mission, my goal in life to travel around, to talk to students and student athletes about how to ask for help, about breaking down those barriers of, well, if I ask for help, I'm weak, I'm not strong, showing them that asking for help is actually truly a strength. And then also to getting them to realize they have people in their life who are willing, who are waiting, who want to help. They are struggling. And then finally really showing them, which we're going to go over today, the three steps you need to know when asking for help. So basically right now, I'm just I'm devoting my life to helping youth really take that first step to ask for help when they're struggling so that they don't go down the road that my brother and so many others do. Brilliant. So your brother really struggled with anxiety, but and, and and it's needless. I mean, nobody should worry about what other people think of them. Mm. What yeah. really matters is what you think of yourself. Mm. Yeah. So so if you if if you look at it if, if you take the positive out of it, your anxiety why do, why do you think that people think about you differently? What do you think about yourself? Once you recognise how you feel about yourself, mm. then what other people think doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're That's, right. It's funny because I always say whenever I talk with the students or student athletes, I always talk about in my presentations judgment. And I say, look, the most important judgment on you, it's not your parents' judgment. It's not your teacher's judgment. It's not even your friend's judgment. Those judgments, they're important. I'm not saying they're not. But the most important judgment on you is your judgment because you walk around with that every single day up here. It affects yeah. you every single day. It affects the decisions you make. It affects the road that you take. It affects where you end up in your life, the judgments you have on you. So that's the most important thing. You're 100% correct. So, moving on from that, then once once you've recognised that that it's your issue, that you're the one that really matters, it's it's what you think of yourself mm-hmm. that matters, and and nobody else can judge you on that. You you you're own, you're generally your own worst enemy when it comes to judging yourself, and we all we're all kind of guilty of that on occasions. We all over-criticise ourselves, but it's recognising that you don't need to. 
You have yeah. to be comfortable with who you are. And once you're comfortable, yeah. then you can live a very, very happy, fulfilled life mm. without yeah. being judged. Yeah, you're 100% correct. You know, one of the things, too, I'm really seeing, I and I 100% agree with everything you're saying, and I love that you said a fulfilling life, because it those are one of the words that I use when I talk at schools and with student-athletes is to live a happier, healthier, more fulfilling life, right? I agree with that. One of the things I've been finding with talking with kids, they compare themselves with others. A large part is social media, right? Social media of, well, this person's always going on these vacations. This person lives a perfect life. They're not struggling. They're not going through anything. It just looks like from afar, from everything they're posting, that everything's perfect. But the interesting thing is, if you were to really peel back the layers and you were to really get to know that person deep down inside and everything, a decent amount of them are actually struggling themselves, but they're putting on this front, like they live yeah. this lavish, this great life, like everything's all good, like nothing's wrong. Because just like everybody else, they're nervous, they're concerned about what to say, who to talk to about having this conversation. So it's funny because we think everybody else is fine, but in reality, that's not always the case. And that's that's one of the things that we're trying to do with this show is to show that everybody occasionally has their own insecurities that they're putting on a facade more often than not. Mm. And and it's normally those that are putting out the biggest facade that, 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 to try and show off that they're, they're the, the big I am and all the rest of it are the ones that are most insecure. Mm. And it's, and it's, it's, it's not until, like you say, you start peeling back the, the layers and, and you can see that what they're putting up is a front to, to hide their insecurities. Mm. But if they was to come to terms with their insecurities to start with, they wouldn't need to put up such a front. Yeah. And then others would see that, yes, they've got a good life, yes, they're going to do stuff, but yes, they've got the same insecurities that that so that I've got. So they don't need to to worry about what others others are thinking about them. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's I love what you said there, and it's so it, it's right too in the sense that I firmly believe everybody, everybody in their life, more than once, multiple times, goes through struggles. Right? They do. And when you were able to get through these struggles, you're able to come. You're you're able to become stronger for life, so that when you go through other tough moments in your life, you're actually able to get through them. It's almost like, all right, you go through a hard time, you become stronger. You go through another hard time, you become more stronger. So these tough moments that people want to avoid and not deal with, when you avoid them, you deal with them, you face them head on you actually get stronger from them. Absolutely. And I think what what people can really take away is that when they are struggling, the key then is to recognise that you're struggling mm-hmm. and then know where you can go to get some help. Yeah. And I think that that in itself can go an awful long way to, to helping people 
that are struggling. Once yeah. they recognise in themselves that they're struggling, they then know where to point themselves to go and get some help and the right sort of help uh, for them. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the you know, keys yeah, keys to take I, away. It's, I think it's great to, as that person who's struggling to recognize the signs, but also to, I think, for somebody as a friend, as a parent, as a brother, as a sister, to also see that. Because a lot of times when we're going through these tough moments, we can be in denial. And we may see the signs, but we don't want to say to ourselves, I am struggling, right? We don't want to put ourselves in that category. So it's important that if you, you know, a brother, a sister, a friend, a classmate, a teammate, if they have that hunch that something's maybe going on, that they take action, that they ask for help. And some of those signs, I always get asked, well, what are some of the signs that somebody may be struggling so some of the big signs would be they lose their appetite, right? So either they're not eating as much as they used to or the opposite. They start eating much more than they used to, mm-hmm. maybe to the point where maybe they're starting to throw up because they're eating so much. Another sign that someone can be struggling with mental health is something they really enjoy that really made them fulfilled that they love. They no longer have interest in anymore. So let's say, for example, your best friend used to love to play the guitar. They were in a band. They loved it. All of a sudden, they now just threw away the guitar. They have no interest. They quit the band. It's just like, I don't care. Another big sign would be sleeping much more than usual. Not really motivated. So not getting up just wanting to sleep all day, not motivated to do things. Again, maybe they were motivated to do in their life. Mm. And, you know, but, but it's important to understand that these things could also, I mean, I know, for example, when you're growing, you're, you sleep a lot. So it's not to say that definitely because someone's sleeping all the time, they're struggling with <clears throat> mental health. But if you're seeing, I think, more, I think that's teenagers in general. <laughs> yeah. You try and get a teenager up to go to school uh, early in the morning, you, sure you find they're losing battle there. But when, oh, yeah. but when they want to stay up all night playing games on their worst names, <laughs> exactly. No, no, exactly. So yeah, so I just think you're hundred percent right. I can remember when I was a teenager, that was me. I, 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 my mother had to pour water on me to get me out of bed. It was brutal, but, but. Yeah, so it's important that just because someone may be sleeping a lot, it's, it's like, oh, well, they're struggling with mental health. <clears throat> no, that, that could be a sign of other things, and that's what makes this so tricky, right? Another big thing would be mood swings that they may have. They, they just may have, they're always down, they're sad, they're upset now, or they're always getting angry. So those are some of the signs, but again, too, it's important that if we see some of the signs, we sit them down and we talk to them and say, is everything okay? Is there something you want to talk to me about? You're struggling with something? Because again, some of those signs can come up with someone being sick. Someone may be sleeping a lot because they're sick, right? So again, it's just important that we have these conversations with them when we notice some of these things and really talk with them because it may not be that they're struggling with mental health. Mm. 
And it's also important if you're going to ask somebody, particularly friends. I mean, if if you see a friend struggling, they're, they're doing stuff out of the ordinary, stuff that they wouldn't normally be associated with that person. And you approach them thinking that they've got a problem and, and you ask them if they're okay. And nine times out of ten, people just think, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they no, you're really okay. If you ask that second question and they say, well, well, actually, make sure that you've got the time then just to listen. Yeah. Sometimes that's all it takes yeah. is somebody to invest a little bit of time in listening to somebody's problem. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> that's, that's huge. Huge for everybody. Mm. And I do talk with adults too about how to become that trusted adult for the the kids so yeah. they, they approach somebody and that's one of the things i say is i think a lot of times adults when they find out maybe their son or their daughter is going through anxiety <clears throat> suffering from depression or even using misusing substances they can get really scared nervous concerned like this is my daughter this is my son i'm afraid and all of a sudden, they can kind of act out. They can yell. They can try to talk over them. And so just letting you know them know that it's important to let them talk, right? Just yeah. don't – I always say we go two ears and one yeah. mouth for a reason. We want to use these right here to – Use them in that proportion. Allow them, exactly. To allow them to talk about what they're going through, to allow them to get it off their chest and just let it out there of what they're going through. Because just, just talking can be, I believe just talking about what you're going through can be a huge thing that can help you to really start to get the ball rolling about Absolutely. starting to really deal and heal with what you're going through. And and if you are, if you are listening to somebody, don't be judgmental. Mm. Let them know that you, you're not going to judge them. Yeah. You're just there to help them that you're there to listen to their problem, um, but you're, you're ju- non, non-judgmental. If, yeah. It doesn't matter what they've done, whether they're taking drugs or, or they're drinking too much or whatever. You're not there to judge them. You're there to help them. Mm. And they're doing that for a reason. Um, they, they, they're misusing these things for a reason. And to get to that reason, you need to be non-judgmental. You need to listen to what their problem is and try and understand what's going on. Uh, and if you, if, if, you, if you get to the stage where you don't understand what the, what's going on with them, at least know where you can point them, where they can get some professional help. Um, and the first port of call would possibly be your, your general uh, practice doctor. Um, would be the first step to get, you know, we understand you've got a problem. You need some professional help. The way to get it is to go and see your doctor and get referred on to a specialist. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I'd love to, let's dive into, I think this is a great segue to talk about. So the three steps I believe that youth need to know should know about asking for help because I feel like there are a ton of youth out there who have people around them that have said to them, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. 
Whenever you're in need, you can call me, you can text me. And that's great, but it's important our youth know who. Number one, right? Who? Who should they approach when asking for help at the beginning? Number two, how? How do they approach them? And then number three, what? What do they say when they approach them? I think those three things right there are important. The who, the how, and the what. So really to dive into who. Who's the best person to approach when you're struggling, when you're going through a tough moment? And that is a trusted adult. A lot of youth believe that it has to be this person. It has to be my parents. It has to be a counselor. It has to be a psychologist. But that's not correct. The, most, uh, the best person to approach is an adult you can trust. Now, if you can trust your parents to have this conversation with them, awesome. Go approach them. But not everybody has the good fortune of having their parents in their life. But at the same time, too, I know having this conversation with your parents can bring a little bit more fear, a little bit more concern, a little bit more just those emotions and feelings that come with having this conversation. It's a little heavier to have this conversation. So it doesn't have to be your parents. It can be a teacher at your school. It can be a counselor at your school. It can be a sport coach coach of yours. It can be an aunt, an uncle that you trust. It can be a friend's parents you trust. But the biggest thing is, is it's an adult in your life you can trust. Now, in saying that, it's important that, you know, youth or even adults, right? I'll even, even if I'm talking to adults right now that are listening or watching this, it's important that you see you can have somebody by your side to have this conversation. So in talking with, about the youth for a sec here, you can always ask a brother, a friend, a classmate, a teammate of yours to be by your side when you have this conversation. Because having this conversation, just being honest, it's not easy, regardless of how much you trust the person. But when you have that that friend, that sister, that brother by your side, it makes the conversation a little bit easier to have because you have that support with you. So it's important that they know that even for the adults, you, you contact a friend, you contact maybe a coworker, you contact a brother or sister to be by your side when you have this conversation with that person that you're going to approach. So that's the who, a trusted adult. Now let's dive into number two, how? How do you approach them? And again, for the youth, it's very nerve-wracking, concerning. There comes a lot of fear, fright with approaching a person face-to-face in the beginning. So I always let them know that right in the beginning, it doesn't have to be face-to-face. There are so many different ways you can approach someone to let them know you want to talk with them that you're struggling. And that could be, so let's say, for example, it's a teacher at your school or a counselor. You can always write them a letter and slip it under their door. Or if you have the person's email that you want to approach this trusted adult, you can write them an email. If you have their phone number, you can call them, you can text them. If you're friends with you on social media, you can always DM or message them. But the biggest thing is, is, is that you take that step forward and you approach this trusted adult in one of these ways. So you can start the conversation and not continue to hold back and not have the conversation, to take action in one of these ways. And then number three, 
what? What do you say in the email, in the DM, in the text that you send them? And there's two parts to this. The first part is, it's just a sentence or two. It's a sentence or two letting this person know the stress that it's out, what you're going through, how you're feeling, and that you want help. So for example, let's say I was to, let's say I was in school and I was writing an email to my teacher, Jacqueline. I, it would go something like this. Dear Jacqueline, my name is Eric Tadario. I'm going through a hard time right now. I really need help. Can we talk? And that's it. It's just a sentence or two. A lot of people think I have to write paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs to that person who I am reaching out to. But you just, just a sentence or two, letting them know what you're going through, how you're feeling, and that you want to talk. And then the second part is when you do finally meet with them in person, to let that guard down, to become vulnerable, and to really just be honest with yourself about what you're going through, and then be honest with that person and talk with them about what you're going through. Because if you continue to keep this front on, as you talked about at the beginning, like everything's all good, like nothing's wrong. And you have this facade, like you had mentioned, and you don't talk about what you're going through. Well, then it's not going to get better. It's only just going to grow on you what you're dealing with. And it's going to become more and more weight that you're going to carry. That's, that's going to make it more challenging and difficult to get through. So again, number one, who, who to approach a trusted adult? An adult in the life you can trust, a coach, a teacher, or a sibling. And number two, how, how do you approach them? You can approach them face-to-face, or you can write them a email. You can reach out to them on your phone. And then number three, what, what do you say in the, the DM, the text, the social media message that you send out to them? It's just a sentence or two, letting them know what you're going through, how you feel, and you want to talk. And then when you do talk with them, just letting that guard down, being vulnerable, and talking about what you're truly going through, how you're truly feeling. So those are the three steps right there that I think are crucially important for youth to know how to really start the conversation of asking for help and get through what they're going through. I think it's it's pertinent not just to the youth, but Anybody that is mm-hmm. struggling, and yeah. I think if they take sure. those three steps, yeah, and I think that the the first step or minus one would be recognise that you've got a problem and be honest with yourself that you've got that problem and and you need to open up to yeah. be hundred percent true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Then you go step one, step two. Uh, and then step three, and when you start a conversation, be truthful, open up, be vulnerable. And that can be for anybody that is struggling, not just young people. I think that's very important uh, to take away that, that anybody that's having a problem can use that process to be able to get the help to deal with it. And I think that is a fantastic way of looking at um, looking at solving an issue. But the, the key there is, is that 
recognise that you've got a problem to start with and then be vulnerable enough when you start to open up to tell your story to be able to get that help that you need. Mm. What do you reckon, Neri? Say that again? What do you reckon? That that, that works for, for anybody. Yeah, not just no, no, I, I agree. And again, that's why I threw when I was talking in there, adults also. I work mostly mm. with youth. I don't work as much with adults. When I do work with adults, I talk to parents. So that's why I was talking about youth, but I 100% agree. Anybody, right? So if we were to talk about adults and we were to talk and we were to go through those things, I would say, so who who could they approach? Well, after they've after they have recognized that they, that they need to get some help, that they deserve to get some help, I would say the first you know thing would be to reach out to a friend, to reach out to a trusted person that you could approach right? Because they are an adult themselves. So any other adult in their life, they feel like they can have this conversation with. That would be my first step for adults. And then, and then, you know, number two and number three, I don't think they really change in the sense of you can approach them face to face, right? But it's funny because it's the same. When my brother was struggling, he was 25, he was up to when he was 25 and he, it was a struggle, right? To reach out, to ask for help because there's so much shame. There's so much guilt. There's so much, again, we'll talk about stigma on this, that, you know, they mm. think to themselves, if it's an adult and they have kids, they think, well, I don't want my kids to know I'm going through this. I'm not saying they should tell their kids, but they think if my kids know what I'm going through, are they going to look at me the same way? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to look down on me? Are they going to be embarrassed to be with me? So this conversation is also hard for adults to have too. It's hard for everybody to have, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's difficult for everybody in their own ways to really ask for help when they're struggling, going through these tough moments. But I would say, yeah, so reaching out to someone they trust, adults, to have this conversation with, whether it's a friend, whether it's a coworker, whether it's a brother or a sister, and then how do they approach them? Again, if they don't feel comfortable going face-to-face, -face, they can call them, they can text them, they can email them, they can write them a letter. And then, again, in that letter doesn't have to be paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs, just a sentence or two letting them know what they're going through, how they're feeling, and then really when they do talk with them, just letting the guard down, being honest and truthful about what they're going through. Hmm. So it's I think what same. we're trying to do with with the channel is is – to open up the conversation, to, to make it an everyday conversation, to make it a comfortable conversation for, for people to have about mm. uh, mental well-being, about mm. um, any issues that they are having. And mm. they, they shouldn't feel uncomfortable. They shouldn't feel uh, that it's, it's a problem. They shouldn't feel it's a stigma. What we're trying to do is take the stigma out of it to make it a, a, an everyday conversation, one you can have around a dinner table. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, well, it's funny because that that you know that's a great place to have it too, when you're having dinner and you're with your if we're again talking about youth for a sec. If we were with your parents, 
at the Ramadan dinner table around your family should be a place where you feel comfortable opening up about that stuff, right? Hmm. It should be. It always isn't. And I get it. It's a tough conversation. But yeah, around the dinner table, for sure, is, is a great place you can have this conversation. Um, I mean, modern day society, you, know, you see it so many times. Even if people are sat down to dinner, they're all on their phones. <laughs> Some of them oh, yeah. are actually texting each other at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So what they should do is put the phones away while they're having dinner, and just have, have a, a family lunch or a dinner. Yeah, that's and just sit around to be able to engage. It's definitely lacking, like it did, you know, fifteen, twenty years ago for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Remember the days we didn't have phones. <laughs> I don't remember those days. I can't say I do, but. I can only imagine how life was different. Totally different. Especially for my mother. She never knew where I was. <laughs> yeah. Leave the house when the sun comes up, come back in <laughs> when, yeah. the, when it's yeah. getting dark and I'm hungry. <laughs> it's funny. I've heard that a few times. People say that's how it was when I grew up. It was, I leave, and then my mom just says, you get back here before the sun goes down. She didn't really know where you were going, what you were doing, but it was just like you get back here before that sun's down for dinner. Yeah, occasionally I got brought back by the uh, bomb here <laughs> and a copper. <laughs> Is this one yours? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Well, Eric, I think we've uh, I think we've had a really good conversation there about yeah. seeking help. Sure. And I think I think that those three um, pillars on getting help is ideal. Is brilliant. The only one I would add is is a pre one of recognizing that you've got a problem, yeah, and then I move agree. it forward. Sure. I think uh, so. There's like four pillars: recognize you've got a problem, then look at who to to contact and how to contact, and then what to talk about, and to open yeah. up and be vulnerable. Yeah, for sure. I agree, 100%. 100%. So, uh, you know, I'd love to just throw in, if anybody on here is looking for somebody to or would love to bring me in to talk with their athletic team at their school, you can email me. You can reach me at eric at thedecisionswemake.com. That's my email. Again, eric, E-R-I-C, at all one word here, the decisions we make.com. And we'd love Fantastic. to hear from you. We'd love to come and bring this message to your school, to your athletic team, to really get them to recognize, to see the importance of asking for help and how to take this action so that they can really start healing and dealing with what they or somebody they know is going through in here. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eric, for for being with me today and um, yeah. for imparting that valuable, valuable lesson. For sure. So thank you so much. Well, I think um, definitely, definitely you've got some food for thought there. And if you really want to, to reach out to Eric, you'll find his details in the description. 
So until we meet again, um, until next week, when we have another conversation regarding mental well-being, um, TTFN, ta-ta for now. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.